Hey, and welcome back to the history of China. Remember, go check out the website. There will be no maps this week for this post. Instead, I will put my meme advertisements for the show that I otherwise have just been throwing up on Instagram. And I highly recommend you follow me on Instagram so you can catch all of those meme advertisements in real time. They're a little weird. They're sometimes funny, but again, highly recommend you get a chance to catch those as they come. But lucky you, all the ones I've posted since will be on the website for the post on this episode. Last time, the Eastern Han got itself together and ready for the future. But today, it is the 50th episode of the history of China. Hundreds of thousands of words I stopped counting after a couple shows, nearly a full day of content, probably more, and, well, the most important thing of all, tons of history has been covered in the last 24 months. So, well, let's get into it. Without further ado, The History of China, Episode 50, the 50th episode special. I first got into history podcasts in the winter of 2018. I had a long drive up the Atlantic coast and I had, well, I'd been driven nearly crazy earlier in the year when I drove from Chicago to Durham, North Carolina for school with nothing to listen to besides listening to every single Kanye West song from the first song on his first album through chronologically to the last song on his most recent album. It got progressively worse. But look, and then I did the same thing for Travis Scott, and I hadn't even cracked into Virginia yet. My dad had been plowing through Dan Carlin's hardcore history, and he heavily recommended it to me. So, before this road trip, I loaded up Blueprint for Armageddon, his show about World War I, and hit the road. Well, I was hooked. That actually was the first podcast I had ever actually listened to. And it reinvigorated my love for history, something that I had always loved, but it was something that fell to the wayside with school, my major, and life. OG fans, remember? I mentioned I didn't have a history major. That has since changed, but we'll get into that later. Here we are now, though, with hundreds of thousands of listens, thousands upon thousands of followers and subscribers across all platforms and all over the world. Heck, we cracked the top three podcasts in the history department in China. I really never thought it would ever be anything like this. So, well, let's get into this 50th episode special. The first question wasn't actually from a donator. I know, I know, I said they would get priority. But, alas, it is from my mom. And she has, quote-unquote, donated more than enough to warrant the first question. Now, I will say this. While my dad got me hooked on history podcasts and was, well, probably one of the first listeners to listen to my first episode on SoundCloud, which was ironically also about ancient China, my mom was the one, right before COVID started, that recommended I jump into a more weekly format. The history of China was not her first idea, but that was one of her top ones, and, well, the rest is history. But, so, she asked, quote, What is the show going to be called? You cannot seriously be calling it Dorm Room History Forever. Come on, man. You graduated. My mom's got a good point. 
She might be my biggest fan, but she'll tell me how it is. I started this show in, well, a dorm room in Duke University. I have graduated. I am no longer in a dorm room. So the answer really might be up to y'all. So feel free to email me suggestions. I'm going to keep the website name because people that start the show are not going to know the change until, well, episode 50. So while I will maintain the URL for dorm room history, what should we call the show or the overarching show that exists? This show is not the only one I've ever made, and it's not the only one up. With that, remember, email me suggestions on what we should change the show's name to. And that goes to another question, which is Stephen from New Jersey. And he asked, why Chinese history as a show? Well, I just answered that sort of. But obviously, if you just heard in that last answer, I had an initial show called Dorm Room History, and it's still up somehow. But my first show was about China, indicating I have somewhat of a love of Chinese history. And the reason for that is in the spring of 2019, in my heyday of binging history podcasts, I was taking a Chinese history course. It was part of my minor for Chinese. I wrote the essay out. It was pretty good. I got a good grade on it. But I sat there in my dorm room with my roommate who made a podcast himself, and I said, well, while he's out getting dinner, what if I just stole his microphone and recorded myself reading this episode with a couple little add-ons? And that's where it started. And now this sort of feeds into a question from Natalia from Toronto, who asked, how did you first get into learning Chinese? Well, if I wanted to have a good GPA, taking Chinese was the worst decision I could have ever made, and I'm sure a lot of you guys who have taken Chinese class can understand. You don't learn Chinese for the grades, you learn it to learn an amazing language. And of course, it's also really important to know it, and it's a great skill to have. But I first started getting into Chinese because I am the oldest sibling. That's not much of an answer. But in 2006, my family adopted my sister from China. There were three boys already, me being the oldest. And obviously, because I'm the oldest sibling, I get forced to do a little more things than my other siblings. My family wanted me to learn Chinese because we were adopting someone from China. In retrospect, it might have been kind of silly because, well, Annabelle, I love you, but you were 10 months old and you didn't know a single language at all. So by the end of it, I ended up being the one who knew the most Chinese and I still do. So another question, Matthew from Denver asked, your show is scripted, right? If so, what is the writing process like? It is scripted, mostly. Every single word that I speak into the microphone is not in a script. For instance, right now, I am ad-libbing. I am making this up as I go. I have the questions in front of me, but the rest is from the heart. While I am capable of telling a story with no script, it is imperative for a show about very complicated ancient history to really write it out. Just like you had that great story you wanted to tell your friend and then you ended up spending five minutes on an erroneous tangent, I can't have that. I don't want to have it, and the listeners, you guys, also probably don't want that. I need to weigh the pros and cons of different examples, historical figures, names, dates. They are just simply things that I either will forget or have to go back to if I didn't have a script. Now, the scripts tend to be about four to six pages long. 
Now, the reason there's a huge discrepancy is twofold. One, some shows have big block sections that just say, talk. You know, I read a quote out, explain my thoughts on it. Sometimes that's out of laziness, and other times that's just because it'd be better if I gave a free-form answer. And, of course, you can tell that some scripts will be shorter or longer because sometimes this show and its episode lengths vary, though I do try to keep them within a 10-minute range of each other. Now, the writing process is weird. Back during COVID, when I had absolutely nothing to do, it would be read my books, and it was John Key's, I think, The History of China, and a couple other books on, uh, on top of that, because back then it was pretty easy. We didn't know a whole lot about Chinese history. We as in, well, anything that happened thousands of years ago in a dynasty that might not have existed. But now in the Han Dynasty, you can see that the pace of the show has slowed down because there is just more history. So the writing process looks like this. I have an idea of what's going to happen the episode after the one I'm writing. I want to have pacing. And then I look at that window. And I read up on the history. I take notes. I get quotes. I read all the things I can, whether it's online or on YouTube or in books. And then I take it from there. And that goes to a question that is often asked, which was not asked here, which is, do I know all of this off the top of my head? And the answer is, not really. I know the general ebbs and flows of the Han Dynasty. Heck, I've done a show on it before. But when you're getting into an individual emperor's uh, succession issues, I'll be honest, I don't know all the details before I start researching. So, yes, script is needed, and the writing process involves reading, watching, and then writing out a general template. So I'm going to start here and there, and then filling it in. And sometimes during that process, I realize, oh, wait a minute, the detail I didn't think much of actually is really interesting. So, so I write it, I read it out while I'm recording, and then I edit it down. And I'll include this into this little tangent here again. The show is also edited. This is not always me talking continuously perfectly for 30 minutes. It's scripted so it can be tight and concise, and if I didn't edit it, it would not be tight and concise. Sometimes I get phone calls. Sometimes my doorbell rings. Other times, well, there's other things getting in the way of me recording straight through, and I have cussed before out of anger I couldn't pronounce a very simple word in English. So, another question. Anthony from Raleigh said, You're going to lose to Michigan State. This question was a lot cooler about a week and a half ago. I did go to Duke. I'm a Duke basketball fan. We beat Michigan State. Though I have now opened myself up for a flood of anti-Duke pro-UNC commentary because, yes, we're playing them in the Final Four and I don't like it. I'd rather take my chance on trial for treason in the Qin Dynasty. Emily from New Jersey asked, Who has been your favorite emperor so far? Also, thoughts on the Mulan movie. Who your favorite emperor is, is weird. You can have fantastic emperors in mundane times, and they're awesome. But you can also have pretty fantastic emperors in awful times, and it's almost a struggle that makes it better. I would be remiss if I didn't put in Qin Shi Huangdi. I mean, what he did, we spent episodes upon episodes talking about an endless cycle of war, and then this guy and his predecessor essentially just took over China and set it on a course that it really would never break from. While China will not be unified many times after where we are now, 
The idea of a centralized China is one that does not ever go away. But I'd also have to say, as sort of a cheat code answer, I really loved Huo Guang. I loved Huo Guang because while he wasn't an emperor, he acted like one. And he had the power of one for a long time. And because of that, and the fact that he gave away his power, he reminds me of an old Roman figure named Cincinnatus. A dictator who was called in to fix things and then just handed the power back after it was, after it was done. I found his story to be quite amazing, and it is one I didn't really know much about. Now, in terms of the Mulan movie, the show was going on during it, and I refused to really make a whole lot of comments on it, because I didn't really like it. The new one to me, well, you can tell that Disney was looking to make some money. Let's just put it that way. Now, the original Mulan story, I will actually include in the website post for this. It is one we had to read for Chinese class, and it's, well, it's quite interesting. The original movie, besides the fact that there is no talking dragon played by Eddie Murphy and there's no songs to it, the original Mulan movie from, I think it was the 90s or early 2000s, did a pretty good job of staying true to the actual source material. Uh, and yeah, I did not like the new one. And I don't think anyone else really did either. Now, next question. Dan from Birmingham, England. Oh, and Jack from Eugene, Oregon, more or less asked the same question when they asked about what in the world do I enjoy besides Chinese history? Good question. As you can tell by my currently infrequent posting of episodes over the last two years, I have other things going on in my life. While I would love to get episodes out weekly to you guys, sometimes it's just hard. I have other interests and, more importantly, other responsibilities. But some of my personal interests are guitar. I started playing when I was a sophomore in college, and I played pretty religiously every day since. And I gotta say, while I'm not good, I'm definitely not bad. Another big thing you all have probably picked up on is I love sports. I let a bunch of people throwing around an inflated ball or a rubber puck dictate my emotions. I care so much about sports. My teams are the following. It is obvious I am a diehard Chicago Bears fan and a diehard Duke basketball fan. Those two are the epitome of sports for me. But I'm also a huge English soccer fan. I used to work for a team in England, albeit it was an Italian team with an office in England. But I love Hull City. That story is for another day. Let's just say I didn't understand what relegation was, I liked their jerseys, and I didn't realize that in English soccer at my young age then, that well, hmm, if you're bad, you're probably always going to be more or less bad. Now, I do also love my job. I love watching TV. I'm a pretty normal person. And I do love listening to history podcasts. I might be a psychopath, but when I go running and I do run and work out a lot, I listen to history podcasts. People think it's crazy, but for me, it takes my mind off the activity that I'm doing. Running sucks. History podcasts tell a story, and my brain starts picturing what is being told to me, and then I don't feel as much pain in my legs. Next question. Ben from Dallas area asked me, What's your favorite era of history? I assume ancient China, but you mentioned Rome a lot, and you've alluded to other eras of history before. I'm not going to say the cliche, I love all history. I'll be honest, I don't. 
Well, I love all of it and how it blends together, but I definitely have ones that I'm more enamored with. Obviously, Chinese history has got to be number one. It's one I've dedicated the most amount of time to learning about. But in terms of the things I listen to in my history podcasts, I love anything Dan Carlin talked about. I am fascinated with World War I. I'm fascinated by Mike Duncan's show on the Roman Empire. As much as I trash on Rome, I am legitimately intrigued with it. And yes, I have alluded to that point. Living in the West, it has made it a lot easier to picture the remnants of the Roman Empire and Republic in my day-to-day life. I also love medieval history. Well, mainly because it's amazing how much it would have been awful to live back then. I also, in a weird way, and this is not making a point, I am very intrigued at the latter half of the Middle Ages into the Renaissance by the age of exploration. I'm not making a point saying it was good or bad or defending or promoting any of the actions by any of the explorers. But to me, the idea that you could be on a boat and just be a normal sailor and end up on a piece of land that no one that you've ever known knows exists and you run into other human beings, that to me is freaky. It'd be like landing on Mars and finding Martians. Not literally because they're also human, but the whole idea of it is just crazy to me. But honestly, realizing after I've been monologuing on this, maybe the answer is yes. I love all compelling history. I tend to prefer military history, but again, I love the history of a lot of things. And I think everyone should too. Because history has gotten us to where we are now, and it's insane to realize the ebbs and flows and near misses we've all had. Anyway, Anna, all the way from the Netherlands, asked, always wanted to go to China. Any recommendations? So I have been to China. I've been twice. I believe I went in 2009, though I was a small child. And and on that trip, I ate out of a small bowl because we were doing dim sum and I was running out of plate real estate, only for my dad to gleefully realize I was eating out of an ashtray. I do still have the ashtray. But anyway, weird story. But yes, I also went again in 2016. China is an awesome place to visit. It has an unbelievable amount of modern-day luxuries, so you don't feel like you're visiting some faraway crazy land that you don't understand. It's got enough things to make someone from the West comfortable and feel somewhat at home, but at the same time, it's got a very distinct culture. So you're able to explore and meet people with just a different worldview than you. And on top of that, it's got history of China. Well, it happened there. I've been to Luoyang. I've been to Ya'an, I've been to Sichuan, I've been to Hunan. It's a wonderful place. The food is fantastic, but if I had to recommend one place, a place that is slept on, I gotta say Hunan and Sichuan are slept on. No disrespect to Shanghai and Beijing, wonderful places. But I thought the taste of life in Changsha and Chengdu were simply different. You have all this ancient history right there as well. You're close to these wonderful mountains in the West. And yeah, you just get a different slice of life. So I recommend Hunan and Sichuan. Though if you don't like spicy food, make sure you find the nearest fast food restaurant because the food there is disconcertingly spicy. John from Kalamazoo, Michigan asked, How long does it usually take to actually make an episode start to finish? And he also inquired about the equipment I use. So, I initially started out with a Yeti Blue microphone on GarageBand. I have since elevated to the same microphone on Logic Pro. 
the same service that I also use to record my guitar music because, yes, I make some pretty mediocre songs. No, I don't sing. But yes, so from start to finish, if I actually sat my butt down, opened up my books, opened up the YouTube, opened up the web links, and started researching, started writing a framework of the script, writing the script, editing it, recording, and then editing the episode, then changing the audio quality of it so it sounds better, and then posting it, it might take me about a full day. If I woke up at you know 8 in the morning and got it out by 7 at night, usually if I was humming along and I knew the history already pretty well. Usually, though, in my busy life, it is spread over the entire week or weeks. And I do apologize that it takes so long to get some of these episodes out. It is just really hard to have a full-time job and writing a full history essay from start to finish with a, with a lot of research. And then the recording process itself, though, is pretty simple. I usually shave off three to mm, about three to two and a half minutes of content every episode with pauses, ums, misquotes, misspeaking incidents. Or the one time a bird hit my window and I cussed. It has happened. But so yeah, it takes about a total of 24 hours, I would say, given that I have a normal life. That's total time. So I have to split it up amongst many, many, many days. So Sam from Phoenix asked, do you listen to your own show? Do you listen to other history podcasts or podcasts in general? And would you ever have a guest on the show? Okay, starting with the first question, do I listen to my own show? I used to. I no longer listen to it. I sometimes listen to the episode right when it comes out. Because, you know, look, while I edit the episode, I hear what it's going to sound like, right? And I usually do give it one listen right when it posts so I can hear to make sure that everything's okay. Sometimes the latency comes through very poorly when I post the episode, and so I have to go up and re-upload, though that has only happened two times. But yeah, I'll give it one listen, and I don't go back. I have not heard the episodes in order since, well, the days they came out. I don't like listening to my own episodes. I think I cringe at a little bit, because as anyone doing anything, you get progressively better at it. It's like listening to your original music or watching yourself work out when you just started your New Year's resolution. You don't like to look back at that. In the moment, you felt good. But looking back, you realize how behind you really were. And now, do I listen to other history podcasts or podcasts in general? The answer is obvious. I'm sorry I spoiled it. But the answer is yes, I do. I love Dan Carlin, but Dan Carlin posts episodes less than I do. I could plow through his episodes. Well, for example, his new one on the Atlantic slave trade, I listened to in about two and a half days. I also love Mike Duncan's Revolutions and the History of Rome, which I have listened to two times. Now, in terms of revolutions, I listen to the English, the American, the French, the Haitian, and then, I will be honest, I kind of got, you know, bored of it, and I didn't listen to that specific show, but then I went back and bought a bunch more Dan Carlin episodes, and then I went back and crushed through the history of England, the one by the British guy. He says it to boot a lot. I like that one a lot, too. But would I ever have a guest on this show? The answer is yes and no. It would be a special episode, and I would have to have the right guest on it. If there's another Chinese history podcaster out there who just wants to talk about the show, or do we talk about making shows or our personal lives, I wouldn't know what to do. So yeah, I would love to have a guest, but I'd have to flush out what in the world we would talk about. Again, there's a lot. 
Are we having a free-form conversation where we end up debating college basketball? Or do we have a show where we have set questions about actual historical events on our timeline? So, Sam, great questions, and, well, I hope that answers some of them. Now on to some other questions. One of my friends asked, You never really explained why you started podcasting at all. Also, you literally don't sound like your podcast self in real life. The people must know you don't sound like this in real life. They're right. I hope from this episode I have shown a little bit more of my normal voice, as I'm really not reading a script here, but the truth is, yes, I do sound different. I put on a presenter voice. In real life, I talk way too fast, and on the podcast, I have to try to slow myself down only to re-listen to an episode and realize that I was going way too fast. Now, I've answered this kind of already, but I wanted to start podcasting because I said to heck with it. My roommate had that microphone, I had that essay, and I loved history podcasts. What if I could do it too? The barrier to entry to make a podcast is zero. Literally. You don't even need a fancy microphone, you can record one on your cell phone. A couple little editing tricks you can learn from YouTube to boost the audio quality, and boom, you're set. But yeah, the people now know, this is not what I sound like. Maybe one day, y'all will find out. Now, that is pretty much all of the questions that I have a really time for here. I mean, let me see, we are at a whopping, we're going to find out. We're already at 26 minutes of me talking about myself, and this show is not really about that. Now, I will have a question for myself, and the question is a heart-to-heart one, and it's how much longer. At this rate, the history of China will end when I'm 55 years old. Literally, at this rate, with the years we're going through, about 10 an episode, it's going to take, well, yeah, decades to get through. So it leaves me with a question. Do I stop at a certain point in the Chinese history? Do I leave it off at a certain point where I can say, okay, we did it? Or do I go all the way up until 1947 and just see what happens? Now, with 1947 brings an interesting question. Do I speed up the show to make that happen? I can't keep doing this podcast forever. It doesn't pay me enough money. And, well, I do love other history and I have other responsibilities. So with all those factors, I will have to speed the show up at some point or else this show will never end, which I would honestly, I'll be completely honest, I wouldn't mind. But the history of Rome wrapped up. It had an end point. History of China is thousands upon thousands of years longer. There's no end of the Chinese history. It is still going as we speak today. And that brings me to another point. I want to do another show. It wouldn't cancel this one. It'd be different. It'd be closer to the original dorm room history, which, by the way, please email me name changes. But it would be more of a Dan Carlin one. A couple really long episodes put out over the course of a lot of time. And the subject matter, I don't know. I'm leaning towards the Civil War. But if there's any other periods of history you would love me to also cover, let me know. And again, it wouldn't be in this format. It'd be more similar to a Dan Carlin, more free form and deep understanding sort of (laughs) mental guessing games and all that stuff. That's the kind of format it would be. I know it sounds dark, but I really do want to know from you guys. Is the pace of the show good? If you like the pace of the show, which is getting into the weeds with every emperor, a lot of the policy, I'll keep doing that. But that does present the problem. Do I just go forever? 
in my life or do I start speeding it up to get to the end? That's a legitimate question. Now I will say the Han Dynasty is going slower because the Han Dynasty is like a golden age. It will be one of the best dynasties in Chinese history in terms of the growth it had and the stability it had. So anyway, that's enough on that. What I will say to end this episode, because it's been enough about me, I really want to thank all of you. I started doing podcasts on SoundCloud just to see if I could do it and to amuse my family. But now I get emails from people across the world. I get people that actually listen and follow to what I'm saying and are interested in history as much as I am. I really can't express how amazing it is that I have all of you guys with me throughout every episode, through all the tough times in my life, or if I'm having trouble uh, elsewhere, I always have this show. And I have you guys, and I'm so glad that I can give something of some value to anyone else in this world. So, thank you so much. Next time, we're back. Eastern Hot, and then episode after that, It's time. I've been putting it off for a while, but it's time to get into Buddhism. We haven't talked about philosophy in a while. Oh, but we're back. So thank you so much for listening. Be sure to rate the show five stars. It really does mean a lot to me and it helps the algorithm. Give me a follow. Check out the memes. And thank you guys so, so much for being the amazing family, well, that we become. So thank you so much for listening. And I'll see you all next time on the history of China.